Now, Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, located on the South Shore, and I have been working as a full-time realtor and sales and marketing consultant for home buyers and home sellers for the past 15 years. I have helped hundreds of clients throughout the home buying and home selling process. My unique approach to assisting my clients to the next chapter of their lives is driven by being a team player and by offering them continuous training, education, advising, and mentoring. I like to say that I offer my clients exceptional service that moves you. Every week I will be providing you with real estate topics ranging from home buyer and home seller advice, legal matters, insurance binders, flood insurance concerns, home inspection questions, environmental worries like radon, lead paint, and mold, mortgages and loan programs, staging tips and ideas, real estate contracts, market trends, home values, and more. It's a talk radio show, and sometimes we are even interactive, so you can follow along online. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. If you missed any of our shows, or if you want to listen to one again, you can listen on my podcast at talkrealestateradio.com. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me regarding your home sale or your home purchase, I'd love the opportunity to meet with you. You can connect with me anytime at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara. You are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, Melissa Wallace, Mary Baker, and the one and only Brad Mahoney. We haven't seen you in a while, my friend. How are you? I'm great. It's great to see everybody. Yeah, it's awesome. And we also have Ryan manning the phones. Hey, Ryan. Hey, hey, what's going on? Nothing. I know you're not feeling well today, so I won't have you uh, interact with me too much. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm here for you. Yes, thank you. You always are. You're always here for me. And you were very surprised by seeing me being the first one in the door today. Man, you were, yeah, you had a, you had a good uh, good early start today. Yes, I know. Good I'm time so to prepared. plan for the show. Yeah, absolutely. And we are on Marshfield Connect, what we're doing tonight. So Ooh. every week we're sort of doing something different. So we're at Marshfield Connect right now, uh, live at WATD. And again, over there is Mr. Brad Mahoney from Mahoney Law Group. Uh, we have Melissa needs to scooch over a little bit. Well, and then I'll be right in front of Brad, my big yeah, head. No, so we'll get you in there. Everyone a yeah, favor. You guys <laughs> come down there. But in the background, we have Ryan. Uh, so we are live at WATD Studios. So uh, if you uh, are on Facebook, thank you for joining us. And if you're just about to hop in your car, you can go to WATD, which is ninety-five point nine FM. FM because we're big time, right, Ryan? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then, Ryan, if we want people to call in tonight to ask us any questions in regard to real estate, they can talk about real estate law or anything about buying and selling a home. What's the phone number for them? Yeah, you can reach Sharon tonight at 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Perfect. And Ryan uh, will take your calls and then we will get you live on the air with us as well. So um, tonight, well, before I'll just give a little synopsis of what we're going to be doing and then we're going to be listening uh, for traffic again with Lisa DeMilo. Uh, We'll be checking in again, but we do have Brad Mahoney from Mahoney Law Group again. Uh, Brad, do you want to just let all of our listeners know a little bit more about you and the areas that you serve? 
Would love to, Sharon. So thank you very much for having me here tonight. I always love being a part of the Boston <laughs> Connect team when you guys are on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mahoney Law Group, we are an 11-person law firm located in Braintree. We do an extensive amount of work on the South Shore. I'm originally from the South Shore. Many of our attorneys and staff live on the South Shore. We work in real estate law. So anybody looking to buy or sell property, residential, commercial. We do condominium conversions. We help people who have come into issues with short sales, foreclosure avoidance, among those things. We also uh, have an attorney or two on staff that helps with estate planning and probate work. Mm -hmm. So that's another area that we've explored into. And we also do some landlord-tenant eviction avoidance, that type of stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So we're located in Braintree, Mass, but we serve all over the South Shore, all over Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And if anyone needs anything, they can reach us at 781 Eight four nine oh seven oh oh. Give that number one more time. Sure thing. It's seven eight one. 849-0700. It's Mahoney Law Group. We are on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. And the website is www.mlgne.com. Perfect. And we'll have all that information. We'll share it again later, too. So uh, tonight's the night. If you have any legal questions that you would like to ask in regard to real estate, um, I know if you can see Brad's big pile that he has here, it's not notes. It's my estate planning. So um, this is who I trust Mm -hmm. my personal life with. So um, if that's any indication of a referral, I can't think of a better one. Um, And then um, he definitely, you and Chris and all of everybody, Amy, everybody over there is great. You guys do such a good job. Casey loved being an intern there. so We loved having her. Yeah, it was awesome. They still are sad she's gone. <laughs> yes. um, well, right now I hear the music, so hopefully uh, we will be able to get you home on time and uh, safely. And we have Lisa DeMilo from the WATD Traffic Center. How's it looking, Lisa? Well, Sharon, the Expressway South's a grind from the tunnel down past South Bay. And you're back in it from Bryant Ave all the way down to the split. Northbound is jammed from East Milton up past Neponset Circle. Then it slows approaching the tunnel. Route 3 South is slowed down past Union Street. 3 North is good. No problems on the bridges either heading on or off Cape. And routes 24 and 44 are good. Every 52 minutes, someone is killed by a drunk driver. Join Mothers Against Drunk Driving at a Walk Like Mad 5K near you. Sign up at walklikemad.org. Traffic on the nines every morning. I'm Lisa DeMilo in the WATD Traffic Center. Don't miss a minute of Talk Real Estate. Check out the podcast page at talkrealestateradio.com. Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate. And we're back. And for all of the people on uh, Marshfield Connect, you can see you can see what it's like being in a room full of real estate agents and an attorney because we're all like on our phone doing our thing, right? It's like we don't interact with each other. But uh, you're listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara. Again, we have Brad Mahoney from Mahoney Law Group with us uh, this evening, and he is the best of the best. Um, and we are going to talk tonight about tenancy, and that's different ways to hold title. So, to real um, estate, correct. Yeah, to real estate. So do you want to talk a little bit about what tenancy means and what the importance of it is as you're purchasing a new home? Absolutely. And I think this has come up, and tell me if I'm wrong, Sharon, but I think part of the reason this has come up is we've had a lot of deals together recently, the last few months, where there's been questions about tenancy or there's been different types of tenancy. And what that means or can mean, as we'll get into, is if property is held, real estate's held by an individual or a couple a certain way mm-hmm. and death occurs, it can lead to maybe unexpected 
occurrences for the property owners or their families. Mm -hmm. So tenancy, when a deed is transferred or when title to the property is transferred via a deed, the grantee, who is the buyer, has to elect how they're going to hold tenancy. Mm -hmm. And there's a few different ways to do it. So if you're an individual, it's an individual tenancy. Uh, If you're a couple and either you're not married, you could be in a romantic relationship, engaged, boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, uh, you can either do what's called tenants in common, Mm -hmm. okay? And what that means is you're each an owner, but if one of you are to pass, there's no what's called right of survivorship. Mm -hmm. So in that case, the deceased person, their interest in the property, now it doesn't have to be 50-50, it can be 1090, 595, but usually it's 50-50. That person, the deceased person's ownership would go to their estate. Okay, so then the the surviving person would then become a co-owner in the property with the heirs of the deceased. Does that get messy? Uh, It can, it it can. Um, It just, but planning comes into it in that you've got to think that you know, people, uh, one reason I started an estate planning practice at the firm is that so many people would come to us and say, do you do estate planning? And I just didn't have five years ago, just the time or the mm-hmm. bandwidth to do it. But for us, when we do a real estate closing, we do a real estate transaction for people. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that's coming to their mind is, oh, I've got to get a will or I have to do estate plan. And I would say, it's an exact, but maybe 85 to 90% of people that I ask at a closing or, or through a transaction representing them, do they have a plan? Do they have a will? 85 to 90% of people say no. Um, so hmm. it's something that it's so important to plan well. So j- just to kind of go through a, a global view of these different things. So you have tenancy in common. Uh, then you have joint tenancy with rights of survivorship. So what that is, and it is kind of what it means. So if you have two people owning property and one passes, uh, their surviving person gets an interest in the whole property. Mm-hmm. So it does not go by the will. It does not go by operation to the will of the deceased person. Mm-hmm. And that's a very common way of holding property. Uh, we see it a lot with couples that are not married uh, buying a property. They, they tend to do joint tenancy with right of survivorship. Not all the time, but they tend to. So can you repeat that one? Um, so if we if they owned it together and one passes, then the it just goes to the other person. The, the surviving spouse is the owner of the entire property. But if they're just boyfriend, girlfriend, so... Doesn't matter. Okay. So, or the surviving, the surviving person, person, excuse person. me, the surviving purpose. I said okay. spouse, sorry. It's the surviving per- person. Okay. Um, surviving tenant, yep. okay, would be the sole owner of the property. Okay. Okay, and you, it, it can get kind of funky. You'll have... Um, you know, three people as joint tenants. You'll have um, two people as joint tenants that are tenants in common to two other people that are joint tenants. Mm -hmm. So the two people that are joint tenants together, amongst them, whoever survives is the owner of their share, Uh okay? But then when those sides, Mm -hmm. okay, pass, it goes to their will. So it can get kind of complicated. It's like this pyramid scheme, kind of. Mm. It, you see that when you it. have like uh, families will own stuff. So you've got like brothers and sisters that maybe like a, a summer home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as everyone kind of gets married, it's like, wait, we don't at all want uh, it to yeah. go to the, the, the surviving s- person. You've got, what, what's the, uh, is it you clue? want it, you like your you kids start to play clue there, have, and all of a sudden yeah. everybody's <laughs> knocking everybody else off, and <laughs> no. you know, Colonel clinks with, the uh, with the, the candlestick. The, yeah, it's with a candlestick, <laughs> and there's one guy owning the property. We don't want that. So uh, that's joint tenancy with rights of survivorship, and then you have if there's a married couple, you have um, it, it can be called a different couple of things, but married couple or husband and wife 
with uh, actually be husband husband and wife or or a married couple. You can say it that way. Tenants by the entirety. Uh-huh. So that has a right of survivorship as well, and mm-hmm. that's kind of if you're going to call like the levels of owning it. They always say it's like the highest level of of home uh-huh. ownership or title holding. Uh-huh. Uh, and there is also the ability to hold a property in trust. Um, kind of jumping over to why holding a trust is important for people. Privacy can be a reason to hold property and trust, but that's that's tough in this day and age if you're getting a mortgage. Uh, but the real reason is to avoid probate. Mm-hmm. So to take a step to the side, probate is the process is if you, when someone passes away, if their property is subject to the probate court, uh, in, order, in order for it to be dispersed either through the laws of intestacy, which means if they died without a will, mm-hmm. okay, or through the directive of their will, it has to pass through the probate court. The probate court has to approve how the will is either quote unquote probated, or if there's no will, the the um, probate court has to oversee how the assets of the deceased are dispersed. Why okay? does the, if there's a will, why does the court have to get involved at all? I just don't understand that. Why do we go through the process of doing all that paperwork? Well, because if so, if there's a trust, there's no probate involved because the trust is very detailed in who gets what. If mm-hmm. there's a if there is just a will, then all the will is saying of who's going to be. It used to be called the executor. Now it's yeah. called the personal representative. Mm-hmm. So who's going to be appointed as the personal representative? It'll also have in there if there's minors, who's the conservator, who's the guardian. But it, it it'll say who the beneficiaries are. The court has to make sure that all the beneficiaries get notice. Okay. okay. They have to make sure if there's deceased beneficiaries that, that then their beneficiaries get notice, and it oversees the process to make sure that the directive of the will of the person who had set it up is followed and that their their wishes are honored. So here is a question for you. So we, we talk about this all the time, the importance of having a will. And when I do the show with Alyssa McNamara on McNamara Money, we, we talk about this in Financially Secure Women, that you know that event that, we t- that I do. Um, we talk about the importance of having a will. There's so many people who don't. It's so surprising to me. I didn't for the longest time. Well, I, sorry. So, no, so th- it's, it is... Kind of okay. So if you don't have children, yeah, what's the big deal? If you don't have assets, yeah, what's the big deal? It's well, when people are. I'm just going to pick an age. People get into their 30s and 40s, uh, especially if you have children. Because if you don't have kids and your husband and wife and you own a home, yeah, and you don't have a lot of assets, one of you dies. The mm-hmm. other one, by right of survivorship, owns it. Yeah, and they they can decide what they want to do with it. But if you God forbid you have children and there's a simultaneous death or one person mm-hmm. dies closely after another, who's the conservator? So that who's the person that's going to take care of the money on behalf of the kids? Yeah. Who's the guardian? So who's yeah. the person that's going to be appointed to actually take care of the children? Mm-hmm. And it can get really complicated. And, and there's another attorney in my office, as you mentioned, attorney Chris Cronenshield, who deals in the nuts and bolts of this. But we have one, uh, I was actually referred by your office, who um, unfortunately this gentleman is 30s. Uh, died suddenly mm-hmm. and his mother was appointed as the guardian he had no will and the court frowns on the guardian be, being appointed as the personal representative because mm-hmm. there's the fear of self-dealing so the personal mm-hmm. representative has the ability to make the decisions about the finances uh, and yeah. things like that well the guardian is taking care of the child who is left by the deceased father and so the court is talking about, well, we might have to have a third party appointed as per- personal representative. Now, if this was all in a will, yeah, no problems. But this is a lot of billable hours that oh, are getting yeah. racked up. 
So, Because one of the things I was thinking about as you were going through the processes, too, is that if I have a will and I put it together, and like mine, I'm, I know I have to do some updates to that because that was done a few years ago now. So both girls are done with college. So You're adding Brad Mahoney in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what if I, like in a situation where, what if in there I had said, you know, I'm leaving X, Y, and Z to my brother. I don't have a brother. But anyways, I'm leaving yeah. it to my brother. But if I don't update it and then my brother had deceased, that's why I used brother by the way and but my brother was married would would everything go automatically to her like or is that like if you have to be well, that if, if, if he was married at that time so say god forbid you passed away um and you had listed your brother um if if they were if they've been married when he died there's an argument that his, his it would go to his beneficiaries yeah. So it would be his wife. If they're divorced, if he had children, it would be his children. If he had no children, he was divorced, it would be your parents if they were alive. Yeah. It would be oh. next to kin. It's a pyramid, I'm yeah. telling so you. It's, you it's, really have to like, have a good stuff. grasp. So, yeah, so the, but if we can take it back to real estate. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Because I'm not a probate attorney. Like I know enough to be dangerous. But, mm-hmm. but w- w- the big part of what we do at Mahoney Law Group and any conveyancing attorney do is we have to make sure for both the buyer and for lenders is that there's clear title to the property. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things that comes up is the probate search. Has the probate been done properly? Because fact of life, everyone dies. Mm -hmm. Homeowners die. So when they die, You're always so blunt. I think that's why we... No, but like they... By the way, it's been a very hard week for us. Melissa actually lost her aunt this week, and I lost my aunt last week, and today is September 11th. So uh, we just want to, you know... To remember everybody that went... through that horrible thing, anybody yeah. lost anybody uh, yeah. during that? That's a, that was a horrible time. Yes, um, so Go ahead, lighten it up again. Brad. But no, I'm tr- <laughs> I, I'm just I'm very direct on this yeah. stuff. And um, so if you know when we get title exams as part of conveying property, and mm-hmm. the rule is it's going to be a 50 year search, and we have to check the t- registry of deeds, mm-hmm. and then the, the probate records need to be checked. So it's very important that knowing who owned the property at what times. Now, some people feel that I, I, when I pass away, I want to avoid probate because mm-hmm. I don't want bills racked up um, on behalf of my estate. Uh, I don't want the property, quote unquote, held up in probate because probate court can take anywhere from two months to six months to a year to, to get the title clear to sell the property. Mm-hmm. The quickest way to do it, if you hold the property in trust. So if, if I set it up that I'm Brad Mahoney, and I set up a trust where I'm the trustee, and uh, so I'm the, the settler, I'm the trustee, and then my daughter is the beneficiary, uh, and then I've, I've named as the successor trustee, let's just say I'm, I'm a married right now, so it would be, let's say, my sister. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I die, um, it, my sister f- would be the trustee, and her job would be, any real estate that's held in the trust's name would be... Uh, for the benefit of my daughter. Mm-hmm. So there's no probate court involved. It's already done. It's The yeah. property's held in trust. So my sister, as a fiduciary, as a trustee, just needs to make sure that the, if, my, if I pass away when my daughter's a minor, so there'd have to be certain things taken care of. And, and, but, but the trust, people prefer trusts because they lay out how the trustee is supposed to handle things on behalf of the children and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, it's done uh, contemporaneously with a will because the will is needed for certain things that maybe weren't included in the trust estate. So mm-hmm. uh, anything that is not held in trust, or another example is life insurance does not go through probate. It skips probate. It goes right to the beneficiaries. Okay. But anything in that's a probatable asset needs to go through the probate court process, mm-hmm. and that can take longer. So if you have, let's just go through this. If you have a property held individually, and some people will do this, um, 
married couples, I, I don't think it's good advice. There's other ways to do this, but they're trying to save money. But the husband will say, well, I'm, I'm self-employed, and if I get sued, I don't want the house in play. Yeah. Well, if the wife who's on there individually dies... And if they don't have a will, mm-hmm. then for him oh. to get the right to sell the property that he lives in, oh. and he, by the laws of intestacy, he's the next in line. He's the husband. He's got to go go to the, through the probate court to be able to have the, the legal title to the property to sell it or to oh. refinance it or anything. Yeah. So people don't think of that stuff. Well, Tenancy in common sure. is really good if um, you hold property, maybe in a business relationship. There's another thing I, I failed to mention, a, a limited liability corporation, a corporation, okay. all those things. You can hold property that way, but that's getting a little outside of you know just regular home ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, but tenancy in common, if, um, if, if I'm, I've got uh, Sharon and I are going to go into an investment together and it's 50-50, well, you know, mm-hmm. if I die... I. I love you, Sharon, but I don't want you getting my half. So, <laughs> so I don't would, love you that much. Uh, it would go. It would go to my estate. Your estate, right now. Now d- taking. And that's those, what I was going to ask you. So you yeah. can do this with commercial, not just residential. You can, but you would probably in commercial. It's better because you want to shield your your assets from personal liability. You want to do a limited liability corporation, okay? okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or company, excuse me, limited yep. liability company. And what that does is that just limits your exposure to what's in the LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see, you see people doing a lot. Of the most common with the tenancy in common, it's like it's family homes. So yeah. um, you'll get uh, mom's seventy years old. She's got three kids. All right, I'm going to grant it to them a third, a third, a third tenants in common. And I, and I, mom, am going to retain what's called a life estate. That's another mm-hmm. form of holding title. Mm-hmm. So mom gets to live in the property as long oh, as she's yeah. alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and if mom decides, you know what, I don't like living here. I want to sell the property. Well, you'll notice on the purchase and sale and on the deed. The three, in this example, sisters who are uh, a third, a third, a third tenants in common and mom have to sign everything because mom might not be an owner in what's called the fee simple estate, yeah. but she has a life tenancy. So she has, she, you cannot sell without mom and her life tenancy approving the Ooh. sale. Mm-hmm. So that's another way to hold it. Um, we had a client way back when that was like that. And I remember um, she sat at the closing table and signed all five kids' names as a power of attorney. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember that one. Uh, and, and hers. It was it was like a three-hour closing. Sweetest woman on the entire earth. But she had to sign everybody's yeah. name each, mm-hmm. every single time, right? Yeah, that's, that's the reality of it when you do it that way. It's not... Um, I had a, a deal in Hingham, a very expensive property... And instead of putting, if you have a lot of um, children like that, the best thing is to do it is into a trust. Because what happens is I had one at Hingham. They did it all kids' names. Mm -hmm. And they did it tenancy in common. Well, it was like eight kids. And they were getting up there. It was like 70s and 60s for the kids. Well, one kid, kid, 70-something-year-old person, (laughs) had died. So, and this is before I even got called on to it. Well, he never had his estate probated. So in order to get this property sold, we had to probate his estate, which took like six months. During that time, another sibling died. Oh, no. It was like people oh, no. dropping like flies. So, Did that so, one have a so that one had plan? a will, but okay. the will had to be probated. So we, then we had another delay. Whereas if they had just said, listen, for estate planning purposes, mom wants to give it to all of us, put it into a trust. Yeah. And it says you each get one eighth. Mm-hmm. If one of you passes, it goes to these two kids. If they So it's all laid out. Mm-hmm. It all avoids the probate court. So that's that's okay, a so very important estate planning. So when multiple people are purchasing a property, do it do it in a trust. I would say do it in a trust. Almost always. I would say so. 
it depends. I, I, I think if you've got to have a decent amount of assets, you got to know what you're doing. If you're a married couple mm-hmm. or if you're a committed couple, and again, we're just for, for our, I think for Isn't our conversation. Isn't everybody committed for a while? <laughs> no yeah, comment. Yeah, committed for how um, long? I, know. I think for our conversation here, let's just talk about uh, primary residences, single family homes okay. to make it easier because you can go off in so many different directions. But mm-hmm. I, I think if you're talking uh, committed couple, buying it together, uh, intending to get married, maybe intending just to be uh, life partners, whatever, I think joint tenants with rights to survivorship, um, unless, the only thing I would say unless on that is one of the two is putting in a vast majority of the down payment. I was mm-hmm. just going to say, what, it's like a 90-10. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 You know? and then you probably should do um, a tenancy in common, 90-10, and then make sure you do wills, mm-hmm. okay? Because mm-hmm. that that way, but the only problem with that, you, you know, we'll see um, joint tenants with rights to survivorship, uh, but then we'll have, it's almost like a non-married prenup where it's like, okay, we, you know, we, we bought this place together and we're contemporaneously acknowledging that um, girlfriend... The women seem to do so much better than the guys nowadays. So I'll just say the girlfriend put in uh, 50 or, or 80%. Uh, boyfriend put in 20% of down payment, but they're going to be splitting the bills 50-50. If there's a, um, a breakdown in the relationship, and we'd have, we, you know, that gets to a point that gets sticky, right? If one person's not living there, we use that as a trigger to say, okay, we're going to sell because it's not fair, right? Yeah. So so in that case, uh, girlfriend gets her 80000 back. Uh, boyfriend gets his twenty thousand back, and then they split the price from there. Because mm-hmm. assuming they split the bills, that's kind of yeah. a way that. But that's a separate agreement signed by both, notarized to avoid mm, confusion. I wondered how that was done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's one way. Um, I'm going to just give our phone number one more time. 781-837-4900. 781-837-4900. You're listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, Melissa Wallace, Mary Baker, and we have Brad Mahoney with us this evening from Mahoney Law Group. Uh, we're talking about tenancy and different ways of owning owning property and how the title should be written up uh, to protect you and to, you know, you want to leave an inheritance. You don't want to leave a burden, right? So, yep. you know, to have all these things in place makes a lot of sense. Uh, we're going to go to a break, but um, if you have any questions, give us a call, 781-837-4900. Are you thinking about buying or selling a home? Are you looking to purchase investment property or considering converting a property into condominiums? Or are you a business owner or investor selling or acquiring commercial real estate? Mahoney Law Group is a full-service real estate law firm and has guided thousands of people in the South Shore area through all stages and types of real estate ownership, including buying, selling, refinancing, and condominium conversions. They specialize in residential and commercial real estate closings and title issues. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or a seasoned commercial real estate investor, the knowledgeable and experienced staff at Mahoney Law Group is ready to help, and they're always available. Make sure to ask about their first-time home buyer discounts on fees and title insurance. If you have questions about buying, selling, or refinancing, give them a call, 781-849-0700. Visit their website at mlgne.com or like them on Facebook and Twitter. Again, that number is 781-849-0700. Visit their website, mlgne.com or like them on Facebook and Twitter. Mahoney Law Group. 
people often wonder what they need to do in order to prepare their home to sell. Hi, I'm Melissa Wallace, full-time realtor and team member with Sharon McNamara of Boston Connect Real Estate. And our team always advises our clients to remember, you never get a second chance for a first impression. Call our team for a one-on-one consultation and top tips on how to prepare your home to sell. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, the broker owner and full-time realtor from Boston Connect Real Estate. And my real estate team always advises our clients to use their senses, all five of them, sight, smell, taste, hearing, and touch. Call my team for a one-on-one consultation and top tips on how to prepare your home to sell. It's so easy to connect. Call me directly at 781-294-4848 or visit my website, bostonconnect.com. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. And we're back. Sherry's just pointing at me like, you better say something. (laughs) Sorry. Um, We are live every Tuesday night at 6.15, obviously, if you are listening to us right now. But if you um, happen to miss any of our shows, you can go on to our website, um, talkrealestateradio.com, and listen to all of our past shows. Or if you want to listen to this one over and over again, because I am learning a lot tonight. I don't know about you guys. You're all not staring at me, so you don't have to answer. Um, Or if you have the podcast app, you can go to, Sharon, please say it, because we said it so many times over. It's really easy. You go to the podcast app and it's Talk Real Estate um, with Sharon McNamara so you can get us there or you can go to the website which is talkrealestateradio.com and that's where all of our past shows are because Ryan is so wonderful to send us our shows every single week by the time we we're not even out the door yet and he has them no, over to us. No, we're still sitting here. <laughs> yes, I know. We got booted last week though. Uh, but again, tonight we are talking um, with Brad Mahoney and we're talking about um, t- um Tenancy and how to hold uh, property. And we were just, <laughs> during the break, everyone on uh, Marshfield Connect could uh, see us. But we were going through some of my paperwork, uh, just looking through things. But, I mean, it was just a very good point is that the first thing that Brad noticed was, well, I see stuff here for Casey, but where's Mackenzie's stuff? And we're like, oh, my gosh, where is Mackenzie's stuff? Yeah. So that's how life Second changes. child syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. My baby uh, down at Clemson. By the way, we ordered tickets. We're going to our first, like, football game. Like college football oh, game awesome. Clemson against so USC Thanksgiving game so oh, yeah that's something I want to do in the next couple of years oh my gosh yeah, yeah it's like so exciting she's like mom it's a big deal it's going to be bigger than NFL <laughs> it's so big I feel like it's, it is it's unbelievable yeah it's huge so we got yeah. tickets uh, which Mark said I'd rather go to the see the Stanley Cup than spend this money on college football but Might it's an experience after that weekend <laughs> Yeah, I know. know. So um, we're talking about tenancy. So do you want to just keep on going about about some of the things that we were going over with trusts and stuff like that? Yeah, let me just go through. So uh, kind of playing things out. And again, I'm really keeping this to primary residents, um, a couple. Obviously, if it's an individual, they could do it individually. Um, If it's an individual, they could if they have... um, uh, spouse, but there's reasons that they're trying to avoid liability that maybe for the spouse's job, they could do a trust. Um, but trying to keep it simple because you can go on, on so many tangents, down so many yeah. round holes with this stuff. But uh, tenancy in common, we talked about that. Joint tenancy, very common that we see that with um, non-married couples who are buying property. And again, that is, um, and again, most common, it's two people owning it, but that is a situation where boyfriend, girlfriend, um, or same-sex same couple buy property 
And if, uh, God forbid, one uh, passes away, predeceases the other, then the right of the property, the whole interest in the property goes to the surviving tenant, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and then if you're married, okay, so then we have tenancy by the entirety. So husband and wife, tenancy by entirety. And what that means is you are a married couple, um, and if one spouse passes, then the other spouse gets the whole ownership in the property. Um, just to go off of, because it doesn't necessarily need to be huge corporate property, huge commercial deals to have these things. If if you're a small-time landlord and you own a property or two, uh, it's really advisable. People will come to us and say, you know, do I hold it in a trust or is it another vehicle? And it, it can be a little costly, but I personally think, and I know another, a lot of other lawyers think this, uh, you should do a limited liability company. So even if you have a two-family property or a condo mm -hmm. that you rent, you got to think um, liability-wise. God forbid, and, and, and my lawyer, so probably mm -hmm. have to think of the worst as a fire, somebody dies and insurance doesn't cover all the damage and, and a good uh, plaintiff's <laughs> you, attorney. You really went but, down like a no, major, but I'm, just, I'm thinking so, they tripped down the stairs no, and break their and like, leg. <laughs> a, a good plaintiff's attorney finds out that maybe the smoke certificate wasn't up to date and they find that you're liable beyond uh, the insurance coverage. Well, if you don't have this property set up adequately, your other assets that you have could be in play. Mm -hmm. A way to shelter other assets is through a limited liability company. So if you own a piece of real estate in an LLC, that's a mm -hmm. short term for limited liability company, then only what is in the LLC would be in play for liability. Now there's some caveats to that. You have to run the real estate through the LLC as a going concern. There's a term, pierce the corporate veil. So if you just have the title to the property in the LLC only, and you do um, pay all the bills through your personal account, and you accept all the rents through your personal account, mm -hmm. it can be argued that yeah, you really didn't own the property in an LLC. So you gotta yeah. make sure that the lease has the LLC as the landlord, the uh, rent checks are made out to the, the LLC, uh, any bills mm -hmm. for the property, for that particular property, are uh, paid through that LLC bank account. But that is one way to make sure you, you're kind of bucketing off properties to limit your liability. So you'll see uh, successful landlords who have 20 properties, they'll they'll own them in 20 different LLCs. Okay. okay. Can you write a note on mine just to check to make sure that um, he Yours looks into that? Because <laughs> I think ours is in a trust. Okay. <laughs> so the two family in yeah. Pembroke. Yeah, I've seen that before where it's like mm -hmm. 123 Main Street LLC or like something, yeah. something mm -hmm. like that. And then it's just the address of the and house. And you'll see um, builders will... Uh, yeah, I see that with writing the checks. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, The overages are <laughs> in the LLCs. Yeah, and the builders will do this. They'll, they'll um, say they do, they'll do a flip. They do 123 Main Street LLC. Mm -hmm. And when they're done with that, and then they go to 225 Center Street's next property. Well... Yeah, it's expensive. You take got to pay five hundred twenty dollars to create the LLC. It's a five hundred dollar annual filing filing fee. Mm -hmm. But instead of using that LLC that they've already created, they'll go to a new LLC and then make the two twenty five Center Street LLC build, buy, build, sell that property. And then they'll go to like three thirty six Washington LLC. The reason they do that is because if they kept the same LLC and let's say they were on their third project and they've got this very valuable home that they've owned in the LLC and there's a uh, defect. To, uh, two prior properties held in that same LLC yeah. and they get sued. Well, if they had moved on to a new LLC, there's nothing in the LLC. Oh, yeah. If they keep reusing Ooh. the same one, there's always revolving value in there. Oh, and that, that could be subject to suit from a prior deal. Okay. Can LLCs have, do they always have to have different names? Like, yeah, and 
I know that that makes sense, like from a personal standpoint. But how do you know, like, there isn't like one, two, three Main Street in you know Pembroke and no, Hingham? No, we, we do. So they're called uh, for the real estate ones that we do. They're called simple purpose LLCs or uh, single purpose LLCs. It's really just for real estate. So we'll do a search of the Secretary of the Commonwealth's Division of Corporations website, oh, yeah. uh-huh. and I'll ask people like, can you just give me three or four names that yeah. you're looking for to hold the LLC in? And I'll do a search, and then I'll just make sure that there's no conflicts. Okay. There's some. It's like getting a domain. Mm-hmm. It, it is, but there's just some odd ones like, you know, Power Play LLC. I'm like, what? Really? Yeah. like you know, just like. Buttercup. Like, no. <laughs> I'm after the dog. Oh. <laughs> some Grace, of them do. They Gracie name them after LLC. their dog. They do. I think ours is like Macacia or something like that. So, um, again, LLC? Yeah, Macacia. So I think one of them is. I don't know. It's one, over of, there. one of mine's <laughs> is Will, Willa K. Willa K. Yeah. I love that name, by yeah. the way. Um, 781-837-4900. If you have any questions, feel free to give us a call. We're talking with Brad Mahoney today from Mahoney Law Group, and we're just talking about different ways to own property and how you should, you know, put it in, you know, put how you should have tenancy. Mm-hmm. When do people decide this? Like uh, Usually, so, and I'm glad you brought up one thing because you've got to make sure you're dealing with a good real estate attorney on this because, mm-hmm. and, and you really need to make sure, and I'm not putting the onus on the client, but it, it's one thing that I do. Um, we've got a lot of layers and I've, I've got a fantastic title attorney in our office, uh, Teresa Dydzek, mm-hmm. who um, is just, uh, can't say enough about her. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she does, along with the paralegals, is checks tenancy on every single deed that comes through. So you think we do a thousand transactions a year, it's mm-hmm. a thousand deeds she's checked the tenancy to make sure it's right. Because what you'll find is if the tenancy is not correct, and so a classic example is if it's left blank, so if it says Mark McNamara and Sharon McNamara blank of 123 Main Street, even though they're a married couple and they think, oh, we're buying it, married couple, we have a husband and wife tenancy by entirety. If it's blank, it reverts the tenancy in common. Oh. So what happens is you'll see situations where it's 20 years after uh, the spouse passed away, uh, the surviving spouse is going to sell, and it's like, oh, it was silent on tenancy. That was actually a tenancy in common. Did you probate the deceased person's estate? No, we have to, because Hmm. that half went to their estate. And that's all because an attorney didn't check to say husband and wife tenancy by the entirety. Hmm. So you gotta be very careful. Okay. Make a note of that on my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You could just make sure that it's all there. You really like so. This is all way over my head personally, and it's and it's supposed to. I didn't go to law school by Mm -hmm. any means, but that's why it's like so so (laughs) important to have somebody that you trust and knows their stuff really and is is working for you because I'm thinking about it and I said Sharon when we decided we were going to talk about this I said oh I'm going to ask him so like what should I do like me and Sam because that's something that I was really nervous at first I was like I just want you to own the house and I'm going to be over here on the side like I'll give you money and then I talked to you about like the real estate prenup um, a long time ago and you were like that's stupid why would you ever do that you want to be on the deed (laughs) yeah um, well, be on the deed, not on the mortgage. Yeah, I and I'm wish. glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. a, a lot of times, um, for, for a variety of reasons, but you might have one uh, spouse who's self-employed and hides, uh, hides, is hides. Creative, creative with the tax mm-hmm. returns uh, that mm-hmm. they do, and they don't show a lot of income, or they might not have good credit. So when they go to apply for the loan with the bank, the bank's like, listen, this person doesn't qualify. Um, however, you're fortunate in that the one spouse who does qualify can mm-hmm. carry the whole mortgage, and you qualify. Well, that spouse who's doesn't have the credit or income, what have you, says, well, I want to own the property. There is a way to do that. You just say, okay, well, you're going to be on title, but you're not going to be financially responsible. Um, And if that's the case, 
and listen, we'd like to think everybody uh, operates above board and everyone's in a loving relationship and everybody can trust everyone, but... Uh, I'm so glad that I'm facing this way and not facing that way. Well, <laughs> so everyone can see my face going now, right? Well, because <laughs> the thing is, is that you, it, just because someone says that, you've got to make sure you check the documents. And I, I had a young woman um, closing about two months ago, and i got to give her credit because she was not on... Uh, financial documents. No, she was on both. She was on both, but she was adamant about checking like all the. And she must have been taught well by someone who's got a, a real estate or a, a law, real estate related background. But about like all title documents. I just want to make sure my name's on there. I just want to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, good for you. Yeah. And I think somebody she knew got burned. So I was like, okay, well, she just. Am I in the mortgage? Because the, the mortgage document you sign if you're a title holder. Like, mm-hmm. okay, and why am I not signing that? It's just. It was very, very good. It was actually refreshing that she kind of. I knew love what was going that on. people are doing more due diligence for themselves lately you know we've been sitting down having a lot of conversations I mean Ryan you're the best of the best in your generation I've said that over and over Um, just you know being on purpose with everything that you're doing with your finances and things like that Uh, paid off all your debt already for your loans congratulations on that but what about a situation where let's just say a mother and daughter um, had owned a property together then the they wanted to refinance so it made sense not to have the mother on there right so now just the daughter is owning this condo and the mother can still be on the title right because the mother's the one that gave the initial money for the down payment right so the mother can be on title mm-hmm. if what happens so when the when the daughter dies, it automatically would go to the mother if it was tenancy in joint well, tenants with joint tenancy. Okay, but what about the loan? Like, what happens there? Like, well, so different loans, different things. The loans doing payable if there's a change in beneficial interest. Um, as long as you're paying, they're not going to find out. Okay, it's just kind of a secret little okay reality. So um, if, if it's a reverse mortgage, they're going to know because mm-hmm. they get a notice from uh, Social Security Department that uh, somebody passed and it's like, okay, this, this loan's due. Yeah. Um, so if that, now let's just say the surviving person, the mother can't afford to make the payments every month. So she would be forced to sell it, but she would be able to get the proceeds from that. That's correct. Okay. Assuming there's equity. Um, I have another will for you to look at. <laughs> well, and I, I, we just had one come to our office and they didn't tell us what they were looking to do. This was, um, I'm just full of just joyous stories. <laughs> this uh, was, was a past client who called and she had just been diagnosed with terminal cancer. She had eight weeks to live. And she said, listen, I I want my name off the title. I want it in my daughter's name. So we're like, all right, like, fine. That's easy. Just let's do this. So she came in, did it. And then the daughter, then then the eight weeks turned into, okay, well, she's going to be good for like six months to a year, which was good news. Yeah. Uh, The daughter went to needed some money because they're trying to improve this property and it's it's kind of an odd property it's a combination like dog kennel um they do some uh, they have a business that's in the psychological type um therapy area things like that so they need a commercial loan but any type of loan would have dealt with this when you just transfer property to a a sibling Mm -hmm. or a a child for nominal consideration so less than a hundred dollars the most banks are going to say okay well they there's need to be a seasoning of their ownership. They just don't get to like do whatever they want with it yeah. that day, six months or a year. Mm-hmm. And then they'll appraise it and then they'll let them finance it. So mm-hmm. the daughter didn't have the money to qualify for the financing mm-hmm. alone. Excuse me. She had the money, but she didn't have the title requisite because the, the mom had owned it, had bought it, and the bank's like, we have this mm-hmm. phenomenal consideration transfer. So what we had to do is mom had gotten a better prognosis. We put the mom back on there, and then they applied for the loan themselves. Mm-hmm. So you just got to make sure, if, w- w- I guess one little rule for people is when we 
when you come to an attorney and you get an idea, kind of speak it through, like, why are you looking to do this? Like, mm-hmm. I, I had somebody come and, and he's like, well, I'm, I want to avoid the nursing home. So I just, uh, yeah, yeah. I just, I want to be off of there. I'm like, all right, but, and I'm like, don't take offense to this. Like, you're no longer on anything if you want to do it this way. Do you trust your wife? He's like, well, I love my wife. I'm like, all right. I just asked the question. He's like, because I'm putting my daughter, I want to put my daughter and my wife on there. I'm like, all right, do you trust your daughter? Yeah. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, they could sell the property and tell you to scram. You have yeah. no ownership interest in this property. Mm-hmm. He's like, they're the two people I like most in this world. I'm like, all right, you sound like you're on good footing, but I'm just letting you know that you're like giving it all up you here. You have to look at it from that perspective yeah. too, though, because... But I think, honestly, here we are. We're sitting at the table, and again, like you have it because you're an attorney. We have seen so many things Horror go stories. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We had a woman, a woman who, you know, remember she was starting to get dementia, mm-hmm. And she had this house. The son was living in it, wasn't paying anything. The house was destroyed. At the end of the day, she ended up walking away with like $100,000, which is not a lot of money when you're like, you have nothing else. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting at the table with her and she's like, oh yeah, well, one son wants me to bring him and his family to Disney. (laughs) My other son called me and asked me if I would buy him a car. And I was like, well, maybe it was 200000 Yeah. I was like, well, no. That goes really quick. It I does remember go those quickly. So things happen. People get wiggy yeah. when it comes to money. And I don't like it. But we see, we see the worst of the worst in people. But that's no, why no. we have you to make sure we're protected. No, and uh, you know, people get a little offended, too, where we'll ask them, hey, you know, we need something in writing. Because a lot of times... One child, if we're talking about a you know adult children taking care, one child, for good or for bad, is kind of stayed in the area and is taking care of mom and dad. And mm-hmm. there's some type of agreement that well yep. they're going to get reimbursed for the money that they've had to yeah. put mm-hmm. the bill for maybe house repairs or time and instead of having the parent go to an assisted living. Yeah, and those are never as well thought out or written out as we'd like. Mm-hmm. So that becomes, unfortunately, um, a big argument. But we do see some families that go, it's like, okay, listen, yes, um, Sally did stick around and uh, you know, all of us were living doing our lives and she'd made a real commitment to mom mm-hmm. in her final years. So let's give her an extra, per, you know, whatever percent. It generally doesn't happen that yeah. way. No, it doesn't. Usually it's like, well, it's her choice. I have seven <laughs> siblings. That's never <laughs> It's never happening. I mean, we've seen, we right now um, we have our team. So again, our my relatives, estate team is Mary and Melissa and I'm the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate. If I haven't mentioned that, we have two offices, one in uh, Pembroke, which handles all the South Shore, and then we have one in Bridgewater, which handles all of the South Coast. Um, And then I'm going to open a place down the Cape so I can go to like the Vineyard in Nantucket. That's my next thing. Remember, we're going to open a fishing store. Remember? (laughs) A fishing store? A fishing store. Um, But we we are actually running out of time already, but um, Brad, how can people get in touch with you? I'm going to make one real more quick point. Yeah. People, I, people always say, I want to close in a trust. I have a trust. If you're getting a mortgage, a lot of banks won't let you close on the end of the trust. You have to make sure that they're aware of it. Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me here. Uh, would love to talk to anybody anymore on these items. It can be confusing. Brad Mahoney, Mahoney Law Group. Uh, we're in Braintree, Mass., but again, cover the whole South Shore, Eastern Mass., Greater Boston, and Boston. 781-849-0700. And thank you. All right, perfect. And you can get me at 781-826-8000. We can make sure to get you all of that information if you didn't hear it. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Bye, Ryan. Thanks.